Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the September 13th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Today, I'm joined by Tom Guinan, and he is going to give us a recap of the markets this week. Tom? On Friday, December corn futures were up one and a half, finishing at 368 three quarters, and that's up 14 and a half for the week. November soybean futures added three and a quarter today, finishing at 898 and three quarters, and that's up 41 for the week. So, Tom, I think the big story for the week is definitely Thursday's WASDE report that came out. I think, you know, a lot of us were anticipating it to be pretty uneventful and, um, you know, maybe a little bit on corn, but definitely on the bean side. I think we were all pleasantly surprised by the momentum that we got from those report numbers coming out. So let's just kind of go into it a little bit, kind of give a good overview. I'll cover what we saw on the corn side if you want to handle beans. Sounds good. Um, so 18, 19 in stocks on corn were raised slightly. Um, they bumped those up 0.085 billion bushels. So we're now sitting at 2.445 billion bushels on our old crop ending stocks for corn. They did take a little bit off of production for 1920 estimate that came in at 13.8 billion bushels about. And um, part of that was that they shaved a little off of the yield estimate for corn. And I think we've kind of been waiting for that, anticipating that a little bit. So they took 1.3 bushels an acre off. We're now down to 168.2. So maybe a little more in line with what people were anticipating. Yeah, I don't think there's any change to acres in this report. It's just a yield change for both corn and beans, right? So that's where all that production change comes from, that change in yield. So we'll see that on beans too. Yeah, no. And then, like I said, you know, that lower yield, lower production, but we did see a little bump up in the 1920 ending stock estimate. So I think part of that was we're going to carry more in from this 1819 crop. And, you know, I think we'll talk a little more about that later, but probably a big part due to ethanol and exports on that end. Okay, so on the soybean side, they did take the production down a little bit. Uh, we lost a little on the yield, which I think a lot of us kind of agree that we needed to. We went from 48.5 bushels an acre to 47.9. So didn't change the production a whole lot, but down from 3.68 billion bushels to 3.63. Ending stocks for this current crop year dropped from 1.07 billion bushels down to 1.005 billion bushels. So a nice change to see. The really surprising number to me was the ending stocks for 1920 are now at 640 million, down from 755 million. That's still a big number compared to some of the previous years besides this one, but uh, it's good to see that that is coming the way we need it to do for uh, prices to be a little more conducive for planting beans next year. Yeah, I think, again, we weren't really expecting a lot of action following this report, but beans ended up closing up like 29 cents. So uh, that was on Thursday. So again, I mean, we definitely saw a little bit of momentum. We we saw people making some sales of old crap and new crap beans at those levels. So kind of hard to argue when beans go up over 25 cents in a day. It's, it's definitely an opportunity to be taking advantage of, especially this time of year. Absolutely. But going a little bit more into what we're seeing on the bull bear points for corn and beans, um, I'll just talk a little bit about corn just as a whole because we're kind of getting to that slow time of year where we don't have a lot to break down into 
each category and really spend a lot of time analyzing pros and cons either way there. But I think, you know, overall, it seems like corn is kind of just being pulled along for the ride by soybeans. Um, You know, again, we're seeing a lot of strength there. So we're seeing a little bit of follow through in the corn market on the, you know, a little bit of up market. We're starting to see some people chopping silage out in the country right now. But even those areas where we normally see an early harvest, uh, I would say we're still a few days off, possibly even a week off. You know, around this time last year, we were seeing those first loads of new crop grain coming into our elevators. So definitely delay in harvest, um, you know, as far as when that's going to end. I don't know that the weather is necessarily helping us with that a lot. You know, um, it's been cool. It's been rainy. Obviously, we've had some hot days, but it's not necessarily being conducive to that crop, you know, drying out and maturing like we'd like to see there. Yeah, but I think when we look at the uh, weather forecast coming up, I think they're using the word hot in a few of these days after we get through this weekend. So certainly we're sitting here Friday and it's a little cool and windy out there, but I think they're talking we get back into the mid 80s next week. So I think that'll help us dry some of this stuff down. Yeah, I think and we're definitely going to need it because the other thing I'm concerned about too, you know, just driving her out and seeing I'm starting to see those ponds again. I mean, so it's going to have to dry out just for that equipment to be able to get in and out of there. You know, again, it's not worth tearing up equipment trying to go in a wet field and get started. So, you know, you got two factors in there. You got the actual field conditions and then you got the maturity of the crop as people are really counting down wanting to get out there, wanting to get started on everything. But I do agree a little bit of hot weather in the forecast is hopefully going to help us bump that up a little bit there. And again, as we talked in the numbers, you know, USDA did finally drop that corn yield number. So I think that's going to hopefully help keep us going a little bit, you know, looking at corn prices right now as we're getting into fall. And, you know, I think people were putting on more sales of corn going into fall than compared to beans, but I think there are still some that are looking for those selling opportunities there. On the bear side for corn, again, most of their strength is coming from the bean market right now, it seems. You know, beans go up 20 cents, corn maybe goes up 4 cents, something. You know, obviously those numbers vary a little bit, and corn's kind of having a harder time keeping that momentum throughout the day. It really likes to die off there in the afternoon before the close. So kind of a struggle there. We're not seeing a lot of big rallies to take advantage of on the corn this late in the game. Again, we talked about, you know, that in-stock number is going to be a concern sitting at a pretty large number and our markets for where that corn is going to go seems to be a little bit of a struggle. I mean, ethanol continues to be disappointing. You know, the margins and all of that is definitely a concern for us. And just looking out, we don't see a light at the end of the tunnel anytime soon. You know, I think we were talking about it a little earlier. A lot of them are still operating just to cover their fixed cost at this point. So not fully shutting down because you lose more money than if you keep going, which maybe seems a little bit of a hard thing for some people to grasp. But it's kind of hard to get that concept through our, through my head sometimes, but you know, you, you lose less money if you run than if you shut down. It's just because of all those fixed costs, you're absolutely right. Right. So we're getting into that. And again, you know, exports on corn have been disappointing. You know, I think here, at least for the recent past for sure. And a lot of that's coming from pretty aggressive competition in the Black Sea region and South America. So we're definitely having to factor that stuff into our world corn market that, you know, we're not the sole providers of corn to the world at this point. I mean, that's really all I have on the corn side. Again, we haven't seen huge market movement on corn. And a lot of that is kind of residual from what's happening in the soybean market right now. 
let's jump into the soybean side of things. So on the bull factors, like you mentioned, it's not quite the same as corn. What we're talking about is a later harvest and reduced yield estimates. But, you know, the, the thing that was interesting to me as we kind of watched Thursday come along, that report's out at 11. But, you know, first thing in the morning, we're up 20 cents. And we started hearing about maybe there's some potential for some Chinese business coming on. And that was confirmed later in the day when I think they said they had uh, 10 cargoes that were sold to the Chinese, 600,000 metric tons. That'll be interesting to see how that progresses. Will they continue to buy soybeans from the U.S.? Will they continue to export soybeans from the U.S.? And, and I think that's all good news. It was also interesting to see that pork was up the limit yesterday and then locked expanded limits today as a result. Mostly Chinese related there that uh, they're in buying U.S. ag products and delaying some of those tariffs. So good to see. And that WASD just kind of helped us push a little further, I think, too. So that was good to see. On the bear side, um, I think the other side of that coin is, you know, this ongoing uncertainty about export business, specifically with China. I guess kind of interesting to me that you can decide, well, we're not going to put on those tariffs for a while. Let's go and get a bunch of beans and pork bot, and then maybe we'll put the tariffs on in a couple weeks. Um, we'll see how these talks go in October when they come to Washington and we have those discussions. But it just seems to be a little bit of a political game at times. Um, and that's that's unfortunate that that's hurting our our U.S. ag products. So just something to keep in mind. And then you know I keep saying this every time I have the bear side. I'm going to continue to say it. That one plus billion carry out number at the end of this year is really going to hurt us on uh, soybean prices going forward. So Tom, we would like to talk about why this matters. And I think the main thing we want to stress is this is a good time to be finishing up marketing that old crap that you're still sitting on, whether it's in the elevator and you've been paying some storage or price later charges on it, or it's something you've got in the bin and you're going to have to get that bin cleared out ahead of harvest. And we do want to make sure you're also aware we've posted a quick ship bid at a lot of our locations for corn delivered by next Friday. That's a pretty good jump between, you know, this bid and our harvest bid. So we want to make sure people are taking advantage of that, you know, locking that price in for that old crop and getting it hauled in in time, which is also important. Yeah, I know. I was talking to a guy the other day and he, we were talking about that. And he said, well, why is it such a drop from then to new crop? And I said, well, keep in mind, our new crop corn basis is historically pretty high. This is just an even better number because there is some demand for some old crop corn. So it's not that we're widening out that new crop price. It's that we're really pushing this old crop price. So I agree with you. It's a good time to get some of that cleaned up. Yeah, I, basis going into fall this year, obviously, as we get close and that starts kind of merging up. But we're seeing some pretty good basis numbers for harvest on the corn side, especially the bean side doesn't look bad compared to last year. I mean, well, especially compared to last year, right. but we're kind of so, back to those historical numbers. You yeah, know? yeah. So getting a little more in line there, I mean, just kind of being aware of that stuff, you know, making sure you're making a plan, getting that old crap grain taken care of, getting it marketed, turning ahead, focusing on this year's stuff that you got to bring in. And as always, be keeping an eye on that 2020 pricing too. You know, get a feel for it now. Ralston was sitting, you know, within 25 cents of $9 beans for 2020. And, you know, I think two years ago, people would have not been interested in $9 new crop beans. But after over a full year of these pretty mediocre prices on soybeans, it, it might not be a bad opportunity to start at least keeping aware of it, be, keeping an eye on it. You know, you can always put offers in. And even if you just get a little bit marketed at those levels, you might might look at it later and hopefully that's your worst sale. But until then, I think it's just good to kind of keep chipping away at it. 
Yeah, that's certainly better than some of the values we've been able to sell for this fall. So I agree with you. Good, good thoughts. So what to watch for? What kind of upcoming events? And you know, I know you're a, this huge, uh, what do you call it, sports ball fan? Right. You know, sports but I don't ball. know if you know yeah. this, but there's a big football game here in Ames this weekend. The Iowa State Cyclones taking on the uh, University of Iowa Hawkeyes. So big game every year. Certainly high stakes for both teams this year, and kind of interesting to see that ESPN is going to be in Ames tomorrow morning. And I think that's the first time they've been in Ames for a football. Uh, game for that show they have on the on Saturday morning. So it, it's kind of interesting driving around Ames and seeing some of the, I'll say, interesting signs I've seen put up by the Iowa State fans. Um, we'll see how the game turns out, but best of luck to all you Cyclone fans out there, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people that I've talked to, just they're just kind of hoping for a good game. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, Tom, you know, even if I hadn't missed that around the office about there being a big sporting event that's happening tomorrow, my Twitter feed was full of it. So once again, I'm missing a tweet of the week this week. Maybe next week I'll have a little time and we have moved on from the sporting events and kind of get back into the ag, the market world on ag Twitter. But just browsing through some fun holidays, I found one that says tomorrow is actually Farmer's Consumer Awareness Day. And I think that's like, you know, today's modern day version of Think a Farmer. Um, this originated in Quincy, Washington, and it's actually been observed since 1981 on the second Saturday of September. So, you know, a lot of these fun holidays have been happening for like a few years at this point. Kind of cool to find one that's been around for almost 40 years now. But I think that's all we have going on for today. Um, Tom, you know, thanks for giving us that recap on the sporting event there. <laughs> but obviously Wazdi took the took the spotlight to this time and nice to see a little fresh news out of China. But we appreciate everyone joining us for the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. Our tagline, bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market, continues to be true. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening and we're both going to be back next week. Mm-hmm.